0: The Plotcast Podcast with the Potty Plotters.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Potty Plotters Podcast. Here we are again and it's episode 24. I'm Julia. And I'm Elaine. And if you would like to get in touch with us at any time via our social channels, a reminder of what they are.
2: Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Potty Plotters.
1: TikTok at Potty the Potty Plotters,
2: email us naughtycorner at pottyplotters.uk
1: or check out our website Pottyplotters.uk
2: Hardest bit is over and done with. Julia, can you hear that noise? It's your flaps
1: again. It, isn't it? it, it is <laughs> now.
2: Don't be concerned, everybody. But Julia has uh, put up a sail. It's fair to say, and it's a big cover, canvas cover yeah. that is going over the top of us. About about what two foot above us, I would say, yeah, something yeah. like that. It's, so for a beer garden. Yeah, it's getting
1: a bit sunny, isn't it? Yeah. So I thought we might need some shade. But I'd not anticipated that it might be a bit blowy today.
2: Never mind. Anyway, what we're we going to be doing?
1: Uh, so this week, well, you're faffing with fennel. I love it. I don't like this stuff. There you go. And troubles with tomatoes. You love it. Yes. And things in the greenhouse. You
2: love it. Yes.
1: And banging on about beetroot i love it. Yeah, yeah. it yeah let's do it yeah bringing in the beans great and successors with sweet peas and they
2: smell beautiful hey are we going to think about um autumn as well because i know it's still summer but nevertheless
1: yes it's always about thinking ahead in the uh, in the garden and we're already thinking about autumn crops on top of all of that we're also talking to uh, philip turville who is a very interesting man that we met and who is even more passionate than we are about nature. Nature.
2: But before then, what do you know about growing fennel then, Julia?
1: Uh, Nothing. I don't (laughs) like the stuff. I don't want to know about it, but you like it. I do, yeah. I mean, the only reason I like it is sometimes we use it in flower arrangements, but I don't like the taste of it, don't like the smell of it don't like
2: it as my mum would say you think you don't right then Julia so on the 24th of May I planted some fennel seeds and as you can see they are through what I did was I put them in multi-purpose compost I sprinkled some seeds over the top and then literally covered them with just a sprinkling now then you can see now that they're around three inches high and these are ready now to be planted out on the plot and this is all about succession planting because I've already planted some they're on the plot and they are around i would say six inches high but they'll be ready for taking and it's the bulb that you grow them for and it's the bulb that you eat the type that we're going to be growing this time is called romensco and it's one of my favourites as well as florence so anybody who grows any out there props have heard of these before but they really are dead simple to do but as you say if you don't like the flavour of aniseed don't grow these. The main thing to remember with them is when you've planted them outside remember to water them because they are thirsty plants and if you don't water them they go woody and that's all I've got to say about fennel because when we go off air I'm actually going to plant some and see how long they take to come through before i can put these in the garden how
1: far do you plant them for party lane
2: around six inches that's right. all not okay. very far okay. at all but i also put them in the shade too so that they don't dry out quickly
1: okay okay is that full shade
2: no partial shade because up here we haven't got any full shade let's face it julia so all i do is partial shade but make sure that they keep damp
0: okay Contact the Potty Plotters anytime on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Potty Plotters or email naughtycorner at pottyplotters.uk.
2: while we're uh, planting more seeds we're looking ahead as well into autumn so let's go through some of the seed packets and see what else we can set because I know that you're pretty keen to do some kale
1: yes yes so I mean I'm always thinking ahead and as you know I do like my brassicas so I've already got cauliflowers broccoli in at the moment I've also set some more cauliflower and broccoli seeds because now is the right time to be planting seeds And setting the seeds if you want them for later on in the year. So don't leave it until you know it's it's cooler weather. It's now's the time you need to be setting them and getting the plants going.
2: So hit the gap before the gap appears. That's what you're saying. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. So, like you say, I am going to do some kale today, and uh, I like kale because unlike um, say the cabbages or the cauliflowers, which you literally. Pick the the plant and then use the plant. The kale you're actually taking off the leaves from the side, and it carries on regrowing from the centre, so it keeps on going. But the the kale that I've got, I mean, sometimes we do the curly kale, which, as you know, we like to turn into crisps. Yeah. Uh, but I am doing what I class as posh kale. Uh, well, it's posh for us in Derbyshire, anyway. <laughs> it's the Nero de, de Toscana. Yeah. Um. The it's the long. Uh, green kale and it is very posh and it's slightly more expensive so why not do it and again it's as simple as we've got our uh, recycled uh, tray multi-purpose compost three quarters of the way full I've got the seeds here I'm going to scatter a few don't go too mad because remember the plant will keep on regenerating itself i'll probably plant about 25 maybe 30 seeds in the tray and i'm only doing that because i know i'll be asked by loads of people on site if i've got any plants later on because they'll have not thought about this elaine uh, <laughs> and uh, and then I'm just going to gen- uh, cover it with the multi-purpose compost again twice the depth of the seed as usual and then just give it a water I'm going to pop it in my cold frame uh, which is covered at the moment with a bit of netting just to give it a bit of shading so it doesn't dry out too much and then once they get going obviously we'll prick them out into individual cells and bring them on a little bit more before we put them on the plot it'd
2: be interesting to compare the fennel with the kale as to how long they either take to germinate
1: yeah yeah but it is it's thinking ahead and i think it's a great plant for just keeping producing
0: the plot podcast with the potty plotters
1: well talking of producers we've got our producer gareth here and he's got some questions he's had in from some listeners
3: so uh first up uh I don't know who any of these are from, actually, but uh, they want to talk about tomatoes, and there's a lot of growth on my tomato plants. This listener says, "What should I do about it?"
1: Mm, now, when we're talking about a lot of growth, I'm wondering what you're talking about. Whether you're talking about the leaves. Now, if you are growing a cordon variety, you should have been taking pinching out the side shoots, which grow um, in the crook between the uh, main stem and the leaf or the truss as they're growing. Now, if you've not been doing that, I would take out some. Of those, if you can, Um, and also what you'll find with your tomato plant is as it's growing, the plants at the leaves at the bottom will start to yellow, and that's because the plant is exhausting itself. So, you can start taking some of those leaves off. But that is a common problem with a lot of people. They do tend to just leave the tomato plant to go wild and it becomes more foliage than it is uh, tomatoes. And it's really the plant you want to con- concentrate on growing the fruit. So take some of the leaves off, but don't take them all off because you need them for photosynthesis.
3: That's a big word.
1: It is. <laughs> Elaine, this is, one,
3: this is one for you. Uh, it's just about cucumbers. So uh, might be about big cucumbers, oh, you never that's know. Okay the bottom leaves on my cucumber plant look a bit yellow what should i do
2: Uh, well what i would do is i'd get a pair of scissors and snip them off sometimes they go hard and curly and they get um, a disease called mosaic but what i would actually do is just literally take them off the cucumber plant doesn't need them particularly now if they are growing cucumbers like what mine are
3: And finally, probably back to you, Julia, on this one, because I believe this is your specialist subject. Uh, This is about melons. Oh,
1: right, okay. So
3: my melon was growing really, really well, but doesn't appear to want to attach itself to the nets that it should grow up. What can I do about it?
1: So if it's not attaching itself naturally, what I would do is give it a little bit of help. So as it's uh, growing up the... uh, Oh, the, the pla- as, as the plant is growing what I would be doing is tying it in so you're just looking for something like a piece of um, twine or as we do use like Elaine's tights uh, cut into thin strips and all you do is create a figure of eight to t- with your uh, twine or tights to tie the, the melon in. Now if we're talking about the melon themselves developing and not uh, attaching what I would do, we get uh, the bags from say oranges and tangerines things like that and we use them as a support mechanism for your melons because as they grow as you know hold on a
2: minute julia hold on like these questions i've been sitting here thinking yeah these questions do appear that they don't have any listeners attached and i'm just wondering where they're actually coming from producer gareth
3: um, are
2: these problems you've got um, in your greenhouse?
3: They might be, but then there might also be problems that other people are having as well.
2: Ah. Yeah. So it's okay to say, Gareth, that you've got problems. We accept that and we're here to resolve them, but not all of them. <laughs> only where the vegetables and fruit are concerned.
0: Contact the Potty Plotters anytime on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Potty Plotters or email Naughty Corner at pottyplotters.uk.
1: talk about the um, beetroot from episode 20 we planted a couple of weeks ago.
2: Yeah okay then so how's it all doing? It's Uh, on your plot.
1: It is on my plot and I just want to say in my own defence before we even start I have been watering it religiously and I've been watering both yours and mine at the same rate.
2: So I planted mine in lines and you clumped it. I did. And how are they doing?
1: Well Yours are developing nice. Uh, they're about the size of, I'd say, a ping pong now. That's the only okay, way to describe yeah. them. And mine are also developing nicely as a group. And I've also got kind of a dominant ping pong size one and then slightly smaller ones around them. Oh, so, yeah. 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 so I've got more for my money. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, we
2: didn't doubt that, did we? Now, if we'd done the same experiment on my plot, Julia, yeah. I wonder what the results would have been then.
1: Uh, I think the same.
2: Maybe we should have another go.
1: setting down the challenges now you better water them in the same way
2: on a different note but very similar when we did episode eight which seems to be forever ago we planted loads and loads of broad beans and i just wanted to have a chat about broad beans did you plant any julia
1: i did i've had a disaster oh. i'm going to make this confession oh. on our podcast oh. i have had a big disaster normally i do the broad beans in the polytunnel. Yeah. i have no problems uh outside they've been outside we've had winds so they got quite a batter in yeah i put netting up to to kind of protect them against that, took the netting off. Oh, my goodness. They've been absolutely smothered in black flies. Have they really? Yeah.
2: Right, Okay. Well, I'll just have uh, bragging rights on these then, but not as many bragging rights as Kev Plot, too, because he has produced... Quietly, we don't have to tell everybody, but his must be seven foot high. Now I know, I know, I I know. I know, I know, and I over exaggerate, but I'm not on this. I'm going to take a photograph and put it out on our other social media platforms. And honest to goodness, they are at least seven foot tall. But they're in
1: the polytunnel. They're a variety that is meant to be tall. But he's still not listened to the advice we gave him last year, has he?
2: No, but they do look fantastic, Julia. Mine, however, they are only about four foot but they do look neat and tidy and i have got beans now i'm just going to tell you about broad beans the important thing to remember about picking them is don't just pull at them take them from the bottom because that's the way that they grow from the bottom up and twist them and pull them and that way you don't snag the whole stalk and that's really important that you don't damage the whole stalk and it will continue then to flower and also produce fruit the other thing is that don't be in a hurry don't say don't very often but don't be in a hurry to take the whole plant out because what you do is you get nitrogen that will form on the roots themselves and that will fix the nitrates into the uh, ground itself, which is really important for what you're going to be planting next. But why take them out at all? Just cut them down to about eight inches and then see what happens. I'll tell you what will happen you'll get another set of fruit form, oh, honestly.
1: That's lovely. And have you got many beans on your broad beans? Um, not
2: at the minute, they're oh. still in flower, to be quite honest. But I have got quite a lot at the bottom of the plants, and that's where I'm going to be taking them from later today. Has
1: Kev got many? We're not going to talk about him anymore. Do you think he'd notice if they go missing?
0: No. Hints and tips for shortcuts to success. The Potty Plotters podcast.
1: So, Elaine, you've got a hint about your sweet peas, haven't you? I have, yeah. I've done
2: sweet peas in the ground at the top of the allotment, but I've also put them into containers. And the hints and tips for this week is specific about that. What I would do is always make sure that you keep them well watered. And I'm also looking at the producer because I gave him some in a container as well keep them well watered and also feed them now once a week with the tomato feed that we actually feed our tomatoes, cucumbers and other um, fruits with. And also move them, if necessary, into the shade because it's a fallacy that uh, that sweet peas like to be in the sunshine, they like to be in the shade and they'll last a lot longer too.
1: What have we been up to this week, Elaine?
2: Well, I've been watering where the muck was, where we planted the pumpkins and squashes just uh, last week. And I've done that specific because the summer months are such that they won't actually get a lot of water otherwise. So that's what I've been doing. And I've done that for you. And also, I've been watching out for the dahlias to make sure that they are free from the black fly and any slugs as well. So far, so good.
1: Yeah, I've been trying a new idea with the dahlias that I've been reading about. Cutting out the uh, central stem and I don't know if you call it the central stem yeah. or central shoot, and so that it forces side shoots. so hopefully I'll have more blooms later in the year
2: That'll be interesting to see if that works and uh, obviously we mustn't forget to remind you that if you'd like to learn more about what we do and what we've done hit that follow button so that you don't miss anything
0: Contact the Potty Plotters anytime on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at pottyplotters or email naughtycorner at pottyplotters.uk
2: Right, that's enough about us for a bit. What do you know about the Field Studies Council? Probably not a lot. So let's sort it out now.
4: I'm Philip Tell from the Field Studies Council. I'm the Director of Eco Business and I just love my gardening and my wildflowers.
2: Philip, that sounded quite a title. I'm not sure if it's the one I want.
4: It might be, but I don't know what the Field Studies Council actually does. let to us what it is. Well, Elaine, it's a national education charity, environmental charity for 80 years. In fact, we're 80 years old this year, so feel free to sing happy birthday if you fancy. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Another time. I've I've just come in from a garden. I was singing to myself. The Field Studies Council, um, national environmental education charity who help children and adults and young people and basically everyone who connect with nature uh, and to help inform their own well-being their own careers and help protect nature uh, we've distributed two million identification guides to help people trade thousands of people a year and over 100 children come through our physical field centers our learning centers every single year we are we just love what we do and it's now more important than ever
1: so it's not teaching people about gardening it's teaching people about nature rather than the outdoor spaces
4: that's right everything from uh the plants you might find in your garden To the plants you might find walking down a street or in an urban park or in a nature reserve or some gorgeous landscapes that the UK is so blessed to have. So uh, we are trying to connect people to nature in a broader sense so they can make informed decisions to protect it, which is great. Um, But of course, there's so many benefits to people to to look and ponder and cuddle a plant. I I say, I've just been cuddling plants this morning. It's basically what I do. I am holding a guide with over 100 dragonflies on. So that's kind of, yeah, the kind of stuff we like, that kind of taxonomic skills, that extra journey, that little bit further. So, yeah, we we know that, you know, we should encourage wildlife to a garden, but what actually we're encouraging or what is it called? Uh, so we help share the guides for free or for a very, very good price or through charitable funding. Um, and people just love that knowledge, that further that, that journey. That's what they're after. And I think that's really what society needs now, that just that onward bit of, uh, excitement, and that's what the charity does.
2: Now, oh, I know that um, we met with some controversy with Chelsea, and I'm aware that you went um, quite recently. And I know there was a controversy around weeds, and um, some popular people who were on the telly <laughs> had quite a lot to say about it. What's well, your thoughts about weeds, either on gardens or on allotments?
4: Well, I think it's, it's what do we mean by a weed? I mean, I think there are, I think there's a place for most plants in 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 many locations. So at Chelsea, I went there, I enjoyed it. There were gorgeous, uh, highly bred varieties, really, you know, advancing science and art. It was gorgeous, but there are also true native plants or weeds, straight wildflowers, straight ones that find their own place, shall we say? Um, and they were gorgeous as well. And I think what Chelsea did this year, and I think in a good way, is blend them in a way that I haven't seen before. I don't think it's a new technique, but I think it had a particularly high profile. Uh, and for me, particularly in growing your own fruit and vegetables, um, it's really important to have lots of pollinator-friendly, wildlife-friendly plants nearby. It really helps with the, the ecology of the plots and ultimately help with uh, pest control, helps with gorgeousness of the spot, um, and helps create a more balanced environment. So be it in a grow-your-own environment, or an ornamental garden. Or for me personally, I add my vegetables to my flowers, and it's all a bit of a bit of a medley, which I like. Um, but oh, no, Chelsea did a lovely job at highlighting uh, an additional group of plants um, and stoking discussion. But ultimately, I think it's good discussion because people are looking at what's around them um, and connecting, and I think that is a very
1: valuable thing. You think um, kind of grow your own environment though, like on the allotment. There are rules on our site to say that we can't have weeds on our plots, um, which, you know, are, are quite long-standing rules. And my experience of weeds around my crops is that they'll either take the nutrients away from what I'm growing, or, you know, there's bindweed on the plots, which will strangle the the crops. So when you're talking about um, weeds on the plot and, and in that environment, are you talking around the the space or actually next to the plants that we're growing because we've always been encouraged to say don't um, allow weeds next to the plant because they they'll bring in their pests and diseases and also they'll pet the nutrients from what we're actually trying to produce
4: I think there's a balance to be had Julia I think there's um if you grow a large teasel uh, next to a vulnerable young runner bean plant the teasel will win um uh, and if one is growing, trying to grow runner beans, then the runner beans needs a respectful place around it. Um, however, it doesn't mean that a teasel can't be politely distanced, uh, just a, a, wee way, a, a wee space apart, um, and grow very happily, um, encourage a, a variety of insects, a variety of uh, natural predators, which will actually, ultimately, I suspect, help the runner beans, particularly when they tend to get aphids on their particularly vigorous new growth. Giving a vegetable space, but also giving certain native wildflower space, um, that I think is the right balance. Uh, when it comes to vineweed, absolutely. There are certain native wildflowers. I mean, it's a very impressive plant, vineweed, um, although I do tend to swear quite a lot when I see it in my own garden. Um, <laughs> however, we, ha- we have, a, well, I won't repeat it, obviously, but I, but, you know, I, 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 I well, I, I spent most of the winter digging out vineweed from a new plot in my garden, so I, I have strong and dynamic and rude views on vineweed. However, as a plant, it's gorgeous. In a particular plot and you give it a wee, well, you give it a foot and it will take several metres worth. So yes, absolutely. That's the kind of thing that perhaps needs to be nipped out quickly. In a native hedge, in a woodland,
1: it's a fabulous plant. It's gorgeous. Well, you're talking about gardens. Sure garden-like. I opened
4: my garden for charity a couple of weeks ago with a national garden scheme. I do love the NGS. They're fabulous. It's part of a group of gardens in a village. Um, it's uh, a garden with a range of uh, sexy looking trees and shrubs. Um Ooh. Oh, yes. Um, It's got a heavy, it's got lots of herbaceous plants, um, which um, I I really do enjoy. Um, uh, Various annuals thrown in, vegetables throughout, um, but with a kind of concentration on the right hand side. It's got my childhood greenhouse, as I recently moved. Um, uh, And it's got native hedges around the edge. And it's um, trying to get as much colour and interest as possible throughout the year.
1: So whose garden at Chelsea would you say yours was most like?
4: Oh, 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 that, oh, 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 you, you ask bold and exciting questions. Um, well, I think every garden's unique. I wouldn't dare compare it to a particular show garden. Um, but what is nice about Chelsea and actually nice about visiting gardens and visiting allotments is that you always take away uh, a few ideas. When I visit gardens, I go, oh, that's a good combination. Oh, interesting. Oh, that's an interesting way of technique. Or why is there a butterfly next to that parsnip? Which is not a phrase I've used before. I may try and get that into my daily life. Um, but there's always something to take away. And I think that's a beautiful thing about hopsculture. It's a beautiful thing about all the related green space sectors, be it from a a kind of personal perspective all the way up to professional level. Um, There's so much to learn. Personally, I'm at a point where I know I don't know much. There's so much joy, there's so much accessibility, and so many ideas to take away from the likes of Chelsea or National Garden Scheme Gardens or other allotment holders, or as I say, walking down the street. And I encourage people to learn about what they're actually seeing.
2: I've got a notebook in my posh shed, not my kitchen shed or my tool shed, but my posh shed. And I'm going to start and draw what I see on the
4: allotment. If you fancy a guide, if, you're not, if you don't feel your, your artistic skills um, or you want to avoid controversy on the plot, although I doubt you do. But if you did, um, then head to, you know, if you search Wild ID or Google uh, Field Studies Council uh, Wildlife Identification Guides and Training, um, the the internet will light up uh, and they're also available in shops across the country.
2: Thanks, Philip, for telling us about the FSC. We had no idea that they were even out there, but now we do and we know what they do.
1: So coming up next time, we'll be talking all about berries, sweet corn, spinach, beans, the fennel and a reminder that that comfrey tea we made will be ready. Oh I can smell it from here Elaine. <laughs>
2: and that's just a bit about what we're going to cram in next time then.
1: But before then why not get in touch with us and tell us about your growing successes and then we can share your stories with the others. Have you
2: tried any of the hints and tips?
1: Uh, well, yes, yeah, since we give them, we ought to try them. And we do try them because we don't give them if we've not tried them, do okay. we?
2: So if anybody else has tried them, let us know how you went on. And don't forget to press that follow button and you won't miss anything, I promise.
1: And you know tea we were talking about, the comfort tea? Yeah. Well, believe it or not, there's men in the chalet and they've put the kettle on.
2: I don't know. Did you leave instructions how that works?
1: No, but I heard it whistling, so that's obviously Mm. tea break for us. I thought that
2: was Barry, because he can whistle, can't he? Oh, he he
1: does. We ought to bring out a CD of Barry's whistles. Mm.
0: The Plotcast Podcast with the Potty Plotters is an Amberland Media Production.